0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Planet Today. It is Monday, July 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with our producer and co-host, Nick Janusa. Nicky, happy Independence Day.
1: Happy Independence Day, Matty. Nothing like grilling a couple of burgers and dogs on the grill. It's not a very good time to be. Uh, it doesn't feel good to be an American right now, I would say. Um, but nonetheless, it's got to be appreciative of, you know, those who fought like hell to, to, to get us a a country to live in and, and, uh, to have this, this life that we live now.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, not feeling super patriotic right now. I I think that, um, I I think we can do better. I think we are better. Something that really irks me right now is that the Supreme court just overturned something that 60% of Americans completely support. And that's women's right to choose. It's frustrating. It's Really, really tough to talk about, and yeah, for two you know straight cis het white guys, like it's we can't imagine what some people are feeling right now, and I think all we can do is be empathetic and and be supportive and fight like hell with them,
1: yeah I'm in complete agreement with you, so
0: yeah, before we get into the show um. By now, you've definitely heard that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, I think it is absolute bullshit that the Supreme Court overturned a law that, like I said, roughly 68% of Americans supported. And I'd also like to point out that five of the nine Supreme Court justices were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. The Supreme Court absolutely does not speak for the majority of our country on this one, and we want to give you the tools to fight back if you're listening to this episode,
1: yeah, this is egregious. I think is the, is the best way of describing it. It's it's a complete oversight and just like lack of of any sort of empathy on behalf of the court. Um, I think it's ridiculous in the first place to have nine people decide major, major, major issues um, in this country. I think that's a flawed system in itself right there. I don't care how qualified they are. Nine people does not tell me anything. Like, I think it's such a, an outdated system. Um, but regardless, we're going to put a link in your show notes for Vote Save America's Fuck Bans Action Plan, where donations are split evenly amongst abortion clinics, patients, and legal defense.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best resources to make sure that your donation is going to the people and the places that need support right now. Um, and... Believe it or not, reproductive rights and climate justice kind of work hand in hand. So there's a term reproductive justice, and that refers to the rights of a person to have children or not, and to parent the children that they do have in a safe environment. Studies have connected climate change to women's health and well-being and have found that climate change will reduce the availability of food, water, access to health services, and with all of that, worsen both physical and mental health for women.
1: Some studies have found that roughly one-third of Americans under the age of 45 don't plan to have children or expect to have fewer children because they're worried about climate change. And I just want to bring up a quote from Thomas Jefferson, um, and it's relating to the Constitution, because I know uh, one of the justices, Clarence Thomas, said said it in his um, concurring opinion that he was upholding the Constitution um, in, in this decision. Um, And I'm going to read a quote from Thomas Jefferson that kind of explains that. So he says, I am not an advocate for frequent changes in laws and constitutions, but laws and institutions must go hand in hand with the progress of the human mind. As that becomes more developed, more enlightened, as new discoveries are made, new truths discovered and manners and opinions change. With this change of circumstances, institutions must advance also to keep pace with the times. And when we're talking about the issue of abortion, 60% of people support it. So why are we gonna not allow the majority to speak for their rights? And ultimately this comes down to straight up women's rights and the fact that it's being taken away is just, it's like completely disheartening.
0: Yeah, I think if you're pro-life, that's fine if you're pro-life about yourself, but like to impose your religious views on others and to say that no one else should be allowed to do something is asinine. Like there's no other way around it. So, yeah. So with that, go check out the band's action plan. Again, we linked it in your show notes. We explained it a little bit in the notes. If you want to copy and paste that, pass it along to whomever Um, we are now going to get into the environmental part of the show. I think an ad read, I think intro music on this note would be a little somber, so we're just going to get right into those stories for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so we have two stories for you today, and the first one is by Richard Luscombe, who writes, fish leather is here. It's sustainable, and it's made from invasive species to boot. From The Guardian. This
0: article is about Arav Shavda, a diver in Florida who has been extremely discouraged by the coral reefs and fish he noticed disappearing. Part of that obviously stems from climate change impacting the oceans, but also from the boom in the lionfish in the Atlantic Ocean from Florida to the Caribbean, as well as in Brazil, Mexico, and even the Mediterranean.
1: Yeah, so lionfish originally come from the Indian and Pacific Oceans and the Red Sea. They eat roughly 79% of young marine life within their first five weeks of entering a coral reef system, which is devastating for a local ecosystem.
0: Yeah, who would have thought that 79% of young marine life dying within five weeks is bad? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is devastating. That was exactly word for word from the article. Uh, Couldn't have said it better ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. So Chavda and his friend Roland Salatino began catching lionfish and then tanning, drying, and dyeing fish hides in order to sell it as leather. Fish skin is thin, but its skin has a crossway fiber structure that makes it actually stronger than many other types of leather. Chavda estimates that each lionfish hide they use can save up to 70,000 native reef fish.
1: Wow. The fish hide leather is also more sustainable than traditional leathers, which come from grazing animals. Those animals like cows, bison, and buffalo rely on large pastures that can degrade soils and generate a lot of carbon emissions.
0: Chavda's company, Inversa, relies on educating and encouraging poor fishermen and women in remote places to catch the lionfish in their local reefs and then sell them to Inversa. Just to hammer this point home, they are only doing this in areas that are not native to the lionfish.
1: So normally every lionfish a poor fisherman or woman catches is a waste of time since there's not much of a market for the fish compared to something like lobster. But now they can hunt lionfish and sell them to Inversa to turn into high quality leather.
0: Yeah, this is really cool. I'm I'm happy to read this story and I hope that others are pretty excited because I think something that I often struggle with is like a a nice leather wallet or belt. It looks good. It's functional. It's cool. Yeah. But it also just like it's unnecessary to me. Like I don't I don't feel right about killing cows, for example, just for a wallet. So I tend to look for something like faux leather. And then you find out that faux leather, since it's synthetic, has a ton of carbon emissions because it's made from the same sort of materials that plastic comes from, which is oil. (laughs) So it's like a lose-lose there. And this seems to be the thing finally where it's like you get a strong, sturdy leather that's going to look good. And it's made from invasive species, so it helps the environment.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the perfect way of describing it. It's a win-win in every way, and with a name like lionfish, you really would have thought that we would have thought about this like years ago. Like lionfish sounds like something that would be devastating an ecosystem, (laughs) does it not? Like lionfish, I'm picturing like a basically like a Greek mythology creature that just like <laughs> the head
0: of a lion on the body of a fish, Yeah, the head
1: of a lion, but like a mermaid's tail. That's what I'm picturing when I think of, of a lionfish.
0: If that's what you're picturing, go look that up and let us know whether you are closer than Nick or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Inversa is currently proposing to set up well-equipped fishing co-ops in Quintana Roo, Mexico, while financing the equipment and quick payment for any lionfish. So this would basically take the risk away from fishers while increasing the amount of lionfish that Inversa ends up
1: bringing in and turning into a high-quality leather. Nice. Good stuff, Inversa. That's great. All right, let's get into our next one, and it is titled Single Beaver Caused Mass Internet cell service outages in northern British Columbia by CTV News Vancouver's Caitlin Bailey. This isn't really a terribly serious
0: story, but look, it's a holiday. We want to keep it light for everybody listening today. So on June 7th, there was an eight hour Internet landline and cell service outage in Prince Rupert, British Columbia. About a week later, officials identified a beaver as the cause of this. So the beaver basically gnawed through a tree, which then fell on power lines, resulting in an outage for 21 customers losing power and customers in 16 different municipalities losing cell service.
1: This was also a result of the power lines being in a swampy area with high water levels. So once the outage was identified, it was tough to access and fix. This also had an impact on local businesses because they could only accept cash during the outage, including gas stations.
0: There's a second fiber optic cable being brought into two of the communities. So if an incident like this happens again, people and businesses would still have internet at least.
1: <laughs> that's so funny that a little beaver could just cause that much, <laughs> I guess the word is just uncomfortability for people. I don't, I don't really, know. Yeah. it just kind of sucks. <laughs> like you're, you're out of internet for eight hours and and you can't use your phone, but I'm sh- I'm shocked that it's only 21 people that lost power from this. That's, that's good. That's not too bad.
0: Well, that was only the power line. Like a lot of people lost lost cell service and internet. Like it was over sixteen different towns. So yeah, I'm just picturing this one beaver. Like yeah, I'll show you what it's like to move into my land. Like I'll take this land right back. We always think of beavers as engineers, but now we have beavers as protesters. So I am proposing we send beavers in to handle all military operations. Yes. moving forward.
1: No one would expect a beaver. Send, okay, we need to get like a big transport of beavers that go right into Russia and just like take over their systems. Beef Team 6 moves in and just cuts (laughs) down the power lines. (laughs) Just chewing through cable like it's nothing. (laughs) I love
0: it. (laughs) All right, we're going to leave you with one quote from British Columbia Hydro official Bob Gammer who said, it's unusual, but it does happen every once in a while. So I wouldn't be a rich man if I had a nickel for every beaver outage but they do happen. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. Please go share the show with one friend. Nick and I will be back with Giselle on Friday for some quick hits. She's making her return and we are excited. So make sure to follow on our socials at Planet Today Pod for more TPT in the meantime. For the Planet Today, I'm Nick Janusa. And I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday.
1: Peace.